All right, so podcasting time. Uh, I figured that it would be a great way to start the show uh, if we discussed our our fans. You know, you know, buddy. We got we're not the biggest uh, not the biggest podcast in the world. You know, as we've talked about before, there's a lot of podcasts with uh, a certain corporate uh, leg up or a lot of money mm. uh, or mm. you know a bunch bunch of famous celebrities behind it uh, such as like the former president and things like that so uh, but you know we, we have our we have our fans here don't we and uh, I was thinking mm-hmm. you know a, a lot of podcasts and a lot of uh, a lot of celebrities they get like uh, kind of names for their for their fan base you know what I mean oh okay yeah, so I was thinking maybe that would be a good way to start the show is like we could come up with some, uh, you know, different uh, potential names for our fan base. Does, does anything come to mind? Uh, F-Stop Gang. Um, <laughs> uh, Shutter, Shutter, wow. Shutter something. Is there something Shut- that starts with an S that, that resembles a group of people? We don't Shutter wanna, Studs. We don't want to exclude women, though, you know. Okay. Okay. So, so uh, right now I'm at F, and gang. F-stop gang could gang. be bad because that could be like violent. You know, the well, see, brotographers that could be cool, but that excludes women as well. So I don't know, man. It's yeah. tough, but I think that any of those is probably better than Arianators. That's what Ariana Grande calls. Oh my fans. god. Yeah. Is that what they are? Like she calls them Arianators, which number one sounds like Aryan Nation. I think kind of uh, like makes me think of that. It's evocative of, yeah. of that vibe for some reason. I don't know, uh, and it just sounds the same. And uh, also a ripoff of the fan base of one of my uh, favorite podcasters, the Golden Boy Holden McNeely. Shout out to uh, Holden McNeely. His his fans are called Holdenators, and he says Holdenators. Holdenators. Holdenators ho, and that actually makes a lot of sense. But uh, Arianators, that's it's the that it sounds like marbles in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, we'll uh, we'll keep on working on that. But uh, whatever we end up uh, calling you guys, dear listeners, I kind of like that. Dear, just our, our dear listeners. Dear listeners, snap snap shooters, shutter shooters. I don't know, man. We'll <laughs> uh, all... we'll have some. <laughs> It's hard to make it sound cool, uh, but we'll we'll come up with something. But uh, that did kill three minutes of the podcast, so so that's good. Hey, um, yeah, and uh, and whatever whatever we end up calling you, we we appreciate your support. But I think it's about time that we uh, get into a bit of a song here. If uh, if you'll indulge me, Michael. Always. Try not to hit my guitar on anything this time. Oh, pretty good, pretty good so far. Haven't hit my guitar. All right. You ready, Michael? I'm I'm ready, man. Look, if you had one shot, one opportunity to record a podcast with your brother Michael for one hour. Would you capture it or just let it slip? Yo, the mics are ready. Lights bright, the cams are steady. We did the research already and ate spaghetti. Dear listeners, that was a that was a Eminem cover, an Eminem parody 
That and was this, fire. That... <laughs> uh, I can't say I'm a great rapper or that I can play that song very well. But um, but we did it. We got through it. And uh, regardless uh, of my rapping skills uh, and my ability to play guitar while I rap, I am still your very white photographer, Jared Poirier. <laughs> and over here, we have uh, another um, photographer. Michael Costa. Hi, how you guys doing? Michael Costa. Michael Costa, my brother, my brother, Michael Costa, right, is here uh, here on the show. And um, hopefully Michael isn't feeling anxious today. Um, I'm feeling a little anxious because this coffee isn't very good. I ran out of my good coffee and I had to brew up just kind of like the old coffee grinds that I have around the house. You know what I mean? When you just like have kind of leftover coffee grinds or whatever from yeah ones yeah and, i, I um, got you. you you like went to the kitchen right and you like scoured yeah. the crevices of the countertops <laughs> and just kind of scraped up years <laughs> of leftover coffee grinds <laughs> and brew yeah. something up i respect it man i respect yeah, it. yeah yeah so it's like yeah. there could be some mostly coffee in here but there could be some nutmeg there could be some other stuff Dead anyways bugs. yeah i mean there's uh, few things yeah. oh definitely not that definitely not that <laughs> Uh, but any, any, anyways, um, we are talking about anxiety today, uh, specifically sales anxiety and how you can overcome sales anxiety. So this is going to be a good episode for all of the photographers out there, of course. Uh, but I also think it'll be a good episode for, you know, uh, entrepreneurs of any type or, you know, again, uh, anyone that has ever wanted to sell anything, which is, uh, I guess, everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, you know, the I mean, one of the reasons I wanted to do this was, you know, I have some things that I've learned from some folks over the years, uh, you included, um, but, you know, it's still something that I, you know, I still suffer from, right? Sales, you know, I never saw it as a strength of mine. So I kind of have this anxiety over it. And um, so I think it's a, it's a good subject for us to cover for, you know, my personal growth selfishly, but also uh, for uh, for our listeners, the, the uh, our dear listeners, as we I think we're going to start calling them our dear uh, listeners. Our dear listeners. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Yeah, because we do it. We do it for you guys. We do it for you guys. Uh, we do it for ourselves uh, a little bit, a little bit. There are <laughs> Just, selfish moments. There are selfish moments. Yes. But, uh, but, but ultimately, this podcast is for you. And uh, I think that, you know, if you want to uh, build a business and if you want to uh, become an entrepreneur of any type, you're going to have to learn sales at some point, right? Even if it's not mm -hmm. that, like on the phone, uh, you know, cold calling people or cold emailing, whatever it is, uh, you're going to run across sales in your, in, in just what you need to do to promote your business, right? Even when it yeah. comes to creating your website or creating your Instagram or any of these things, there's always uh, kind of a sales angle. Uh, it's interesting that uh, you talked about your personal experience with the uh, topic, Michael. I always love when we can bring some personal experience to the table. Um, me personally, I definitely, I think everybody has sales anxiety when they when they start out, um, like doing sales and actually putting effort into it. Uh, there's very few people where it's their favorite thing to do, right? <laughs> um, but it's, it's absolutely necessary. And for me personally, the more 
more that I did it, like the more time that I spent on the phone uh, doing sales calls, I can tell you from personal experience, um, just like doing video, right? It, it got easier the more that I did it. So, and I got more comfortable, and uh, you start to see, uh, you know, that success rate go uh, go up. Uh, much like when you work out in the gym, which I haven't done. Uh, it's pretty evident. <laughs> <laughs> haven't <laughs> haven't done for a while. Uh, but but when I do get back to the gym and uh, squat squatting and deadlifting again, uh, to see those gains, right? So we'll be seeing uh, some sales gains. Uh, hopefully by the end of uh, today's lovely podcast. Beautiful. Yeah, I'm excited to do this, man. Um, do you uh, do you want to kind of just do a back and forth, you go, I go kind of deal? Uh, sure, man. Well, yeah, I have like a little bit of uh, a little bit of structure here. If you want to kind of work work with that, uh, I've kind of broken it down into a few different sections here. Um, maybe just addressing the whole idea of like sales anxiety at the very top, right? Like addressing that fear, uh, why people mm -hmm. are afraid of it. Maybe is something that we can do. Yeah, uh, I think addressing some of the ways that you can prepare, right? Going through uh, some of that process, like steps that you can take uh, to prepare mm -hmm. yourself. And then I think at the end, just kind of talk about um, how, you know, sales fits into like the overall business strategy. So I kind of have like those three areas, if that's cool. Beautiful, let's do that. All right, I'm always bringing the structure on the structure boy. Uh, maybe I should have been an architect or something like that, but uh, I'm like, a, <laughs> oh buddy. You just, I, on the podcast, guys, not only are we trying to name our fan base unsuccessfully, none of those names were good, um, <laughs> but I think dear I listeners. just, I think I, dear, no, dear listeners is, is good. I agree. It's not bad. Yeah, we're rolling with it. It's we're not bad, but what my new, what else my new title, Michael, my new title on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. content architect. Boom. Are you serious? Boom. That's Maybe. awesome. Oh, no, it does sound oh, pretty good. Oh, I thought right? you did it. I, yeah, I could do it right now. I mean, I think we that's just a, did it. Um, that's a bold, yeah. that's a confident that's bold. That's bold. Uh, yeah. Uh, name, you know, yeah. title yeah, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I think uh, it might be a good move. Mm -hmm. Certainly made up, yeah. but uh, it does sound cool. So... <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so let's talk, let's talk about, um, the fear around, uh, mm -hmm. conducting sales, the, the fear around making that, uh, sales call. And, uh, you know, why, why have you been afraid to do that, Michael, in the past? Um, yeah, I think, you know, I think it ties back to something that we've discussed on the show before, even episode one, um, uh, which is, um, this, you know, imposter syndrome, mm -hmm. uh, you feel like you're not, um, you feel like, you know, if you get to the point where you convince them and you come on and then you see you do the thing, it's not good enough. You're scared about the end result. You're th overthinking, you know, either the end result or you're overthinking or sorry for me personally, I'm overthinking when I'm on the phone, I'm not going to sound like I know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think it, it all kind of stems into that. But, uh, but, um, I think it's also just like what you were saying. It's just, it's a lack of practice. And yeah, uh, yeah. you know, especially when it's like the phone on a phone or, or whatever, it's uh, that, and that kind of stuff really gets to me. 
cor- correct me if I'm wrong, but then like, you know, you have that, that anxiety, that fear around, oh, am I really going to come across the, the right way? Am I going to come across yeah. professional? And then you, in your own head, you start like building scenarios where you're going to lose, right? Where you're like, oh, well, they're going to pick at this thing and they're going to say, oh, you know what? Like maybe your experience is more with like creating content and then you're trying to get into doing like more professional work. Like that was kind of my story, right? And you're like, oh, what if they say, you know, oh, you're just a YouTuber. Like we've all heard that, right? Like what, what makes you yeah. think you can... Sh- shoot this video properly or you know you you're using a a camera that's not that great or we want this or we want that or whatever you just you just tell come up with problems in your own head that that end up like not really panning out sometimes right yeah a hundred hundred percent yeah i think it's like it's like 90 percent psyching yourself out you know what i mean (laughs) um it's probably not the best way to prep for a for a call either is like to think of the ways that it can go wrong, it probably just mm-hmm. more so focusing on the value that you're going to bring. But, but I think that's more so maybe for later, but, but uh, yeah, like a hundred percent, man, like I'm just telling myself I'm going to suck it. I'm just going to suck. yeah yeah as well as um maybe it also comes from just like uh, a lack of confidence in your skills sometimes as well right or just like a lack of experience and uh those things obviously can be made up right like if you're if you're afraid of going into a sales call because you you know when they bring up that question of what is your experience shooting something like this project uh, a really good way to uh, mitigate that is to, <laughs> even before that call happens, gain a bunch of experience shooting something similar, right? So we'll definitely get into some tactics for uh, dealing with stuff like that. Uh, but I think for now, just focusing on that mindset thing, right? Um, and going into a sales call, don't be psyching yourself out. Uh, don't be doubting yourself. Uh, yeah. Don't be kind of getting in your, getting in your own head and, uh, and obsessing about problems that probably aren't going to happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, I think everyone has their own, you know, their own reasoning, whatever. But I think for me, it's like, you know, I am, I'm decently confident in my ability. It's just my, I'm not confident that it's going to come across that way when I'm on a phone. I feel like, you know, I've had sales jobs in the past and it's not like I was selling my value or my service or my passion. It was like selling food. And it was like, oh. you know, I think having experiences like that, you know, and, you know, and having some of those, um, you know, scenarios play out in real life as well. You know, like that scenario of like, I don't want to come across as like a super salesy guy. Cause no one, yeah. you know, no one likes that either. Right. And then when you have mm-hmm, things mm-hmm. play out, like it's like, oh man. And so now you get to this point where it's like, it's something that means even more to you. It's like, this is like my thing. This is my passion thing. I want to build my thing around. It's like, I'm, you know, it's that fear of not being yeah. able to convey that value that you're trying to, that you know, you can bring. Mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. you said earlier, maybe like being afraid of just in general, just like not sounding professional on the phone enabled in, in, yeah. in which is important in enabling that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's about, it's all about knowing your, knowing your value and, uh, and putting that into the right words. Right. So I think that that yeah. segues, um, really well into the next piece here, which are steps that you can take to prepare, right? Which is perfect because we're about uh, 15 minutes into the podcast here. So really, really sticking to the structure on this one, Michael. Michael has to go pick up his girlfriend. So (laughs) 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 little little BTS, little BTS for you guys. Uh, So, you know, we're going to we're going to be sticking to the structure today. Don't you worry. (laughs) 
We're not going to be talking about cereal. We're not going to be talking about donuts or chocolate bars, okay? We're sticking to the script. And uh, and that's what we're talking about here is uh, is making a sales script. I think that's one of the first steps that you can take uh, to really mitigating that fear. Um, just like when we're shooting this podcast right now, right? I know that you guys ne- can never tell because it's just so seamless. But I always have notes <laughs> right over here um, to reference uh, whenever I'm looking down at the corner. It's probably what I'm doing uh, is referencing my notes, right? And I think that this is exactly what you need to do uh, when you're starting out or if you just want to improve your sales skills. Uh, going in with something of a script like some points uh, related to the value of what you provide and some things about your background uh, you know some just things that you want to highlight basically about uh, about yourself as uh, as an artist and uh, and as someone who can help out your client right uh, laying all of those things out um, but don't overlook those small things like there's a few things that I think in terms of just like respect right when I call somebody the first thing that I say is like hello so and so I like say their name right away so they know I right away within the first second they know that I actually like know who they are and I'm not just like call like calling about their duck cleaning or uh, some type <laughs> of like weird scam, right? Uh, and then I think the other really important thing, like right away, is to just like ask them if it's a good time. Like, are you busy? Is this a good time? I mean, ideally, you should be booking a call ahead of a time. <laughs> Ideal, the coffee's kicking in. Ideally, you should be booking a call ahead of time. Um, but you know, sometimes uh, you are going to be doing that more like cold call uh, type of sales, right? Uh, that, that does come up. Uh, and in that case, definitely asking them, like, is this a good time to chat? Can we talk about, uh, you know, how I can help? Help your business. Fo- focus it all around them, and uh, and not not make it indulgent, and uh, just just don't don't be a pest, right? Don't don't pester people. <laughs> Any other um, stuff that you would put in your sales script, Michael? From from your opinion, or from your uh, your opinion and uh, and your uh, experience? Um, yeah, I think, um, I guess kind of tying to, you know, we're kind of tying to like that prep work. Right. And I think part of that prep work is understanding the client, uh, and what they produce well. So whether that's a product or, um, you know, or e-commerce or, or whatever that thing is. So understanding that well, but also understanding, um, you know, if they are willing to invest in, in marketing and that kind of thing. Right. So doing some, Fair, maybe yeah. doing some background work on their, on their ch- uh, social channels and, and, uh, you know, seeing if they're, you know, they invest money in, into, um, into some of the, the work that they do. And if they have, you know, a team, um, it's maybe some of these things can help ease your mind uh, as well. And when it comes to things that worry you, um, one of those things being, you know, are they going to be willing to hear me out are they going to be willing to to you know even foot the cost of of bringing on someone you know some of these companies um you know they're small uh and yeah. uh you know cl- a bit closed minded we have some old school uh business owners uh that still kind of exist and so i think you know if you can also do some of that prep work to understand who you're talking to that might also help yeah. Yeah, removing some of those unknowns, right? In like a strategic yeah. way. Uh, so when you're going into the call, like you, it's basically like, uh, I don't know if if uh, any of our audience or Michael himself has played like role-playing games or, or stuff like that. I mean, oh, I imagine we've, we've, we've all played like a Zelda or something, right? Like mm-hmm. before you're going into battle, you want to make sure that you get like your HP up and get all of your items, right? So kind of yeah. uh, getting your getting your HP up is kind of like gaining experience uh, <laughs> in the field, right? You also want to like get the right swords and, and bows and whatnot. That's kind of 
Um, this is a very nerdy analogy. I apologize. No, this is perfect. <laughs> this is great. I'm I'm more uh, so thinking RuneScape, but I'm right with. Oh yeah. You. Oh RuneScape. Like we could do. A, tune in next week for our RuneScape. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Next week um, we're talking you know, to the the creator of RuneScape. Yeah. 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 But but doing that research and uh, and having having that knowledge of the client. That's kind of like getting getting your armor in place, right? And. Uh, and, and getting everything ready to, yeah. to go into battle, which is that sales call. And once you get once you get in there, you know you can defeat that boss fight, and uh, and you can get mm-hmm. uh, all of the gold or uh, rescue the princess or whatever it is. But uh, whatever your sales objective is, but you know get get a new client, uh, something like that. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, oh wow, this is actually this is actually working out in terms of uh, segues and analogies here because the next thing is role playing, right? Which uh, people think is a pretty goofy concept. Uh, in the kind of sales coaching and stuff that I've had, this is always something that like made me feel uncomfortable. Um, was like role playing, right? Like literally, uh, if I was to try to practice my sales skills, like let's say talking to Michael and like going through what a sales call might be. Right. So, uh, I work in real estate, so I might call Michael and be like, uh, here, we'll do some right now for you guys. Uh, Hey, okay. Hey, Michael Costa realtor. You're do you're doing great, man. Uh, it's good. Good to talk to you. Good to get you on the phone. Uh, I'm wondering, is this uh, is this a good time to chat about your uh, objectives in real estate marketing? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I have about, I have about a few minutes. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm glad he didn't just like, immediately say like no and hang up. <laughs> thanks for thanks for taking the time. Uh, so mm-hmm. so I'm wondering uh, what what have you been doing uh, in terms of marketing yourself as a realtor? Are you making any YouTube content or using Instagram or anything like that? Uh, you know, my son uh, helps me uh, put out a couple posts on Instagram a week. Something you know, he, he kind of does a little bit of that, but. Uh... But yeah, you know, I don't spend too much time on that. Right on, right on. <laughs> well, uh, let me tell you a little bit about what uh, I've done for some of my clients. Uh, and then here, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to go into the entire thing, uh, but you know, <laughs> kind of, that would take a, take up a lot of time on the podcast. But start start going into some examples of what you've done, uh, you know, to basically support the goals of other realtors uh, mm-hmm. and try to get as much information out of them as you can, I think is uh, a really good part of doing sales calls, right? Is trying not to talk too much and kind of let the other person uh, talk quite a bit, I think is is another is another huge key, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, I think so. Um, and, and I think the like, you know, the more you understand what their objectives are, the more you understand what you know, how you can bring value to them. Right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, uh, yeah, honestly doing that role playing thing, like, um, doing it just now, I felt uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Did you actually (laughs) a little bit, (laughs) I'm actually way, way more comfortable on actual sales call than trying to, uh, try to pretend on one apparently. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's, it's, it's a good thing to do. It'll feel It'll feel uh, a little bit goofy kind of in the moment when you're doing it uh but it does help to to prep you have you ever done that type of thing like uh role playing to prepare yourself for a sales call yeah you know well the sales job i had before actually we we had like six weeks of training and part of that was doing you know mock calls with you know some of the other trainees and so it you know what like that was probably the most comfortable i was 
you know, with it because I was so in practice, there was, you know, so much training in advance. And really when we're, you know, we're talking about a corporation training me, but really, you know, what you're talking about here is the same thing. It's that, it's that role playing practice, getting that, you know, as you know, getting yourself as confident as you can in advance, uh, before hopping on. Um, I mean, one question I had for you, Jared, uh, when you're doing a, a cold call, um, how much are you preparing uh, a, a, an actual concept or pitch, like specific concept or pitch, or do you have a few that you have roughly lined up? Or, you know, is that something that you're, you're thinking of? Because that's one thing that I wrote down here is potentially a good thing to have. Yeah, for me, there is, um, I'm pretty lucky because the structure is already sort of there for what I do. Uh, mm. the, on the content side, uh, you know, what we do here is what you really should do is is try to make weekly content, right? So that kind of model um, gives me structure in my pitches yeah. pretty much right away where I can say, okay, this is something that we can present as a way for you to market yourself, to you know reach new clients, uh, to build a relationship with people without having to like put in a whole bunch of uh, like individual work, right? You can like reach yeah. a lot of people with, uh, with less work by doing like YouTube content or uh, you know, videos uh, on different platforms. So in that way, uh, it kind of gets structured for me. And yeah, I do have like, yeah. um, pitches or packages around there, but I also tailor it a little bit to the client. Uh, yeah, I think that's kind of a good example. Cool. Yeah. So basically what I'm hearing is it's like you have things structured really well on your end and then understanding. So that in, in culmination with understanding what they produce yeah. and then hopping on their call and understanding their needs, I think are all going to sure, fuse together, sure. right? To help you yeah. fly. Yeah. If you, if it's hard to sell what it's hard to sell it if you don't know what you're selling. <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah, so yeah. you know, having having a package uh, is definitely a good thing, or just like a rough idea of you know what a package would be. Same thing with listing videos, right? They're like a certain price per uh, square foot or whatever, and it's kind of uh, you know tailored to the client again, and like how much the property is actually worth. But at the same mm -hmm. time, you have like that rubric and that structure there, which. Uh, I think will really help you. Um, other things that will help you, I, I have a next section here. Uh, you know, the last section was a little bit on preparation. Um, this one I think is just like setting yourself up for success. So in our uh, our role playing game analogy, I'm not maybe this is like the magical boots um, to put on, uh, but having having that target demographic and uh, specific industry knowledge, right? Um, and you know, Michael talked a little bit about this, but researching the client um, ahead of time, yeah, is definitely a good idea. Um, it's labor intensive to do that. I think you should. Uh, but if you're always working in the same like industry and you're doing the yeah. same type of work, uh, you know, chances are what's worked for one client is going to be pretty similar to in, you know, the case of another in the same industry doing the same type of work. And, uh, and that's going to make things a lot easier for you in terms of like, you know, that research stage and being ready for that call. Like when I talk to agents and, and I can bring up like specific things about the industry and, you know, the competitive nature of the industry and, you know, brokerages and, uh, all of these different things, right. The fees mm -hmm. that they have to pay the brokerage and blah, 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 and all these different, um, 
you know, insider kind of uh, industry knowledge, right? Which I think is really good. Um, and then the other thing is eventually once you're established a little bit in business and you have got those magical boots on, uh, you know, you'll start to get referrals. And this, honestly, referrals makes it way easier. <laughs> um, we talked about cold calls here, uh, but the warmest call you can get is like uh, a referral. Yeah, a hundred percent, man. Yeah, I think uh, referrals are, are, you know, obviously ideal. Um, and I think it largely ties back to something that we've talked to before, which is, you know, when you do get those gigs showing up, being your best self, being a likable personality, you know, providing good work, um, really just putting your best foot forward. And, you know, when you can get those referrals, you're also going to get the repeat client work. And, um, you know, yeah, I think, you know, ideally, you know, you're never going to be a hundred percent referral. Maybe if you're like massive, massive, but you know, if you can start to fill in some, uh, how yeah. some of that new business comes in, you know, a good portion of that being referral and that's going to help out a lot. Yep. Yep. And even, uh, getting some of those referrals, like they, they are easier. Like they're not, they're not, I'm going to call them lo like softballs. They're not necessarily like that soft, right? It's not easy. Uh, but right. being able to hit some of those out of the park, like, and get some home runs, that's going to raise your confidence for the other stuff as well. Right. So once you have, 100%. you know, even if you're right, you're not, there's really no business that can survive like just by, well, I mean, there is, there is some, I guess, but it's not easy to do it just with like the right. business that you already have. You kind of always want to be looking for new clients and, uh, and expanding. Um, yeah. And being mm -hmm. able able to get your confidence up uh, by, you know, some just nailing down some of those referrals along the way, I think is going to be yeah. really helpful, right? Yeah, man. And I think, you know, the, the referrals are awesome because, you know, you're this potential client has, you know, identified already that they have a need. They them, themselves already know they have this need. They've they've gone to someone they trust and they have referred them to, you know, to you. Yeah. So it really, you know, it, it's just it's a lot. It's so convenient. It's so convenient. You don't need to help them uncover a need. You don't need to, you know, convince them that you're the guy for them. You know, th mm -hmm. those two steps have been, you know, fulfilled for you. So yeah. You know, then all you have to do is just, it's just not, not put your foot in your mouth, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just don't screw it up from that point. Yeah, that's you right. Know, that's all. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, another thing that we're going to try to not screw up is getting into the news. We are back with the news, and uh, let me just say that this is some of the newsiest news that we've ever done on the show. I mean, we we do news here, uh, and sometimes sometimes it's just you know those photographer awards or whatever you know, or this new camera body came out, which uh, which we could have covered, I guess. The the GH five Mark II just dropped, uh, but we're not talking about yeah. that. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that. Because there is such pertinent news that we need to get into here. Uh, we're actually be going to be talking about some um, some current event uh, stuff and some political stuff. Uh, but I don't think that any of the takes are going to be too extreme. Uh, but they might be. I don't know. But we'll get into it. <laughs> so, uh, Michael, what is our news story today, buddy? Our news story today comes from Petapixel, our good friends over at Petapixel. Um, the title of the article is Andrew Hallinan, Hallinan, 
Helen and it wouldn't be a photography bros show if we wouldn't uh I think, you know, I think Hall- have a name. Helen Ann. Helen Ann. Helen Ann. Helen Ann. Now you're making me question it. Well, it's good because I brought you into this. This is great. Um, so Andrew Hallinan uh, translates fine art photography into social action. Uh, this article is written by Percy Anderson. I'm going to say that's probably uh, the correct pronunciation. And uh, we have some really stunning work here. I'm just going to read. Can it, be, the f- can it be Pierce, though? Percy? I don't know. Who cares? I don't know, man. Who cares? Who cares? I don't know. It could be Pierce. We got it covered. I Sorry, could have Pierce. completely Percy. butchered that one too. Okay, Please. we all know it. Let's move on. But let's move on. So, uh, to give it a little bit of context, let's read that first little uh, bit here. Uh, Brooklyn-based photographer Andrew Hallinan has been attending Black Lives Matter protests for a year. As he started to bring his camera on marches, he began to capture the police in striking rave-like flash photographs, blending the fine art and social action. Um, the, the photography is fantastic. Thanks for finding this article, um, uh, Jared. But yep. uh, yeah, I have, I, I mean, the way I kind of prepped this was I looked at some of these photos, pulled some of my favorites and just kind of uh, had some, you know, some thoughts on them because some of the images are just really, you know, of course they are, um, you know, it's an interesting take on photography with some of these, but also just like what some of the things might symbolize are just, you know, uh, yeah, real as well. You know what, man, we'll get into some of the background around, uh, around Andrew, around the photographer here and, and we'll get into, Mm -hmm. uh, some of the background, uh, of this news story and kind of even like bring the whole thing up to date as this whole thing has been going down for, like you said, (laughs) since, since last year. Uh, but I think before we even do that, like, let's just talk about this friggin' photography, man. This is a photography podcast after all. Uh, and that's what really attracted me to this story. You know, other than the fact that, uh, the whole black lives matter, uh, thing really, uh, impacted me hardcore last year kind of all that I could think about uh, was that when these sorts of things were going on uh, you know tried to do what I could from from where I was sitting uh, even donated a little bit of money to a few causes and uh, and made a lot of content around it and you know just tried to uh, you know make make my support known uh, for the protesters uh, out there you know and uh, everybody combating uh, the racism and like police brutality and stuff that uh, we were seeing right um, but you look at these photos man and just just phenomenal work um, very dreamlike um, very fluorescent like these neon colors uh, like the article said like uh, like Michael brought up earlier like uh, yeah. yeah reminiscent of like rave and concert uh photography uh just crazy crazy energy right um in these photos as well like uh from a static image you can like there's heat coming off of these man you know yeah man um so yeah i mean for me personally i think that there are a few photos that really still highlight them highlight them yeah 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 so i mean uh, i mean the first one that really i mean not that the other images prior to it were, weren't stunning. I mean, they were, but you know, you see obviously one that's a bit of a tighter shot. Um, there's a bit of motion blur on the badge, but it's this deep red and you have Trump, uh, badges on the, uh, on the vest. Um, I thought that was really interesting. Um, 
so you know with this one it's um you know we kind of came to understand a little bit of what trump uh trump's views were um and so you know in the context of what these rallies were about and then seeing you know these sorts of badges um you know on on some of these you know you know, uh, you know, police figures, he's the enforcer of justice. You know, it's, it's interesting to see that because it's almost like, uh, an ironic, um, a little bit of an ironic, uh, image there. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there are a couple photos that really stood up, uh, aside from that, but honestly, the one I really wanted to get to, um, it's, I believe in the article, let me just double check this. I think it's the last or the second to last image, the Mm -hmm. second to last image. Um, you have this black and white photo. It's a bit different from what we've seen across um, at least the portfolio. That's oh, is this uh, the one where the spray here. paint kind of is over the entire uh, cop there? So the one right above that, okay. where you have <laughs> uh, no, no, but you're in the right area. That one's good. Uh, too. Th- well, that one again, that one as well that you pointed out is obviously very interesting. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's it's almost a little freaky uh and yeah. also again is different from what we saw but you know that image just above that with the the cop has his face shield propped up and his face mm. is unidentifiable mm. and you know mm. something you know a large part of you know obviously these discussions obviously is is you know leading to police brutality and you know um unjust racism and, and all this stuff and you know one thing i find really interesting about this is i look at this image and you can't, again, you can't make out any details. You, it's almost like it's this blank canvas of a man yeah. that almost symbolizes how we all start off. Okay, now I'm going to get really artistic and weird Yeah, here. Michael's going to get hear critical me with his art analysis here. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> but hear me out. Hear me out. Um, it, it's interesting because, you know, when you understand the context of what's happening, what we're capturing in these images, and then you look at this blank face here, unrecognizable facial features, you think back almost to, you know, we're all this blank canvas until we kind of consume the content and, and opinions of the people that are around us. Um, you know, Sylvester Stallone, I, I never forget when he won the Golden Globe for Creed as I think it was supporting actor. He said that and I'm going to roughly paraphrase this, but it was something along the lines of like, we are the total sum or the sum of, of every person, you know, we've ever met. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when I look at this image, I just think of, you know, not literally the person that's in this photo, but the individuals that we're talking about when we're, we're discussing police brutality tied back to racism. And it's, you know, everyone starts off with with nothing. And then the people that were raised around the the media that we consume, (coughs) Fox, when you you just <laughs> it forms our opinion and our view on the world on on mm-hmm. people on how to interact and treat them and so for me i just looked at this photo and and although all of the work was really beautiful i saw this as potentially being an iconic image that could mean something a, a bit a bit more than maybe some might feel when they look at it at first glance and kind of cycle through and look at the colorful i mean the colorful images are great but truly just a stunning yeah. stunning image here yeah truly that's stunning. Sick, man. yeah i think uh i think that's a, a really excellent point and kind of uh illustrates my own journey uh with this news story uh today as well right like i initially saw these photos and i was like man these are crazy photos and i've never really seen yeah. like photos quite like this you know what i mean uh that kind of yeah 
gave me the the feeling and and the vibe that I was getting from these. Uh, and then yeah, mm-hmm. once you get uh, thinking a little bit deeper and some of the implications of this, right? Like we talked about these photos being surreal, and uh, I think if you know if you were there at those protests uh, in New York or uh, Minneapolis, right, or uh, every other place <laughs> around the states where yeah. there were uh, protests against uh, police brutality, right? Um, yeah. it, w- it would be surreal if you're seeing these police acting this way, you know, covering up their badges, uh, trying to prevent journalists, prevent photographers from documenting things. Uh, these mass arrests um, of people who are just out there, um, you know, exercising uh, their constitutional right to protest and to assembly, right? And wearing these like pro-Trump, uh, like Punisher skull. Uh, yeah. It's unreal, man. Like it's complete, completely unreal. And uh, but and yet very real, right? And to be there and like mm-hmm. this, is this my country? Like is this is this really is this reality? Uh, and kind of what we all were living through. Um, and I mean, you know, things have mm-hmm. changed a little bit, but it's not like these problems have gone away, right? So no, no. And it's like you know, one thing you had mentioned. I don't mean to deter too much, yeah. but. You, know, you had kind of mentioned that, you know, you had, you know, put in work. I, I, of course, you know, myself, and that's what everyone is kind of encouraging, put in your research, try to learn and, and understand the situation a bit better. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's like, you know, of course we, we hope to make strides for tomorrow, but like, it's really in how we communicate to the kids that are going to lead, lead, you know, the next generation and, and how that's going to change. Um, and so the better we can understand and educate that next generation, the better for the future. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I think that uh, art like this, uh, art like Alex's yeah, art is uh, is super important, super vital. Uh, we're definitely going to uh, link his Instagram. You can check out his website. Uh, you know, I'd recommend supporting uh, this type of art. I doubt he makes a lot of money <laughs> doing <Yeah. laughs> doing these types of uh, photos. We never mentioned he actually used to be a um, uh, like a concert photographer. Uh, so that's kind mm-hmm. of t- ties in very nicely, uh, you know, photographing uh, punk shows and that type of stuff and also ties in with the whole theme here of like art and uh, politics, like art and protest, kind of, uh, you know, just the very act of taking photos of the police being like a, a political act and a political statement and also uh, creating these uh, works of art. And they definitely definitely are that uh, aesthetically beautiful, um, as you guys have seen today, as we've, uh, well, I mean, if you uh, are watching on YouTube, uh, <laughs> then you've seen them. If not, uh, if you're just listening to it, I guess, just check out his Instagram and you'll see them. <laughs> right, right. Um, but uh, yeah, it's some some really fantastic art. So go ahead and search out uh, Andrew Hallinan, I think is the uh, pronunciation that we're going to stick with. And yeah, I said at the, at the beginning, you know, uh, that this is going to be a little bit more of a political um, political episode with some, uh, you know, political opinions. Uh, I think yeah. the the opinions that we've addressed here so far have been uh, a police brutality is bad, and b people have a right to protest and make art. Uh, I don't know if that's too controversial for y'all. I guess, <laughs> I guess, uh, go, tell us about it on uh, on Twitter and, and Instagram. Photo Bros Pod, <laughs> Photo underscore Bros <laughs> underscore Pod. Um, uh, if you hate what we just said, I guess I don't know. Yeah. 
Or don't. Or just don't. Yeah. Or just don't don't talk to us. We don't want to hear your or anybody, <laughs> we want to hear your opinion. Keep it to yourself or, you know, go live in um I don't know, Arizona. Anywhere else. I don't know. Arizona. The moon. Go to the moon and live there. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah. Any any final uh, any final words on uh, on this whole thing before uh, before we close it up and uh, Michael can go pick up his girlfriend. <laughs> um, yeah, man. I think you know. Ultimately, you know, a large reason why we highlight th- this work is because it's it's highlighting the the importance of uh, photography and, and video um, in you know, in, in highlighting, um, you know, a, a lot of, a lot of these things, right. We talk about images that are iconic, uh, till today, you know, burning, the burning man, the falling man, like they are images, um, you know, that maybe in the moment, you know, you, you don't understand the impact that they can have, but you're there and you're just shooting in, in hopes that you can have that impact. And, you know, sometimes it's going to impact, you know, a, 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 a you know, a, your, your local town, maybe your, you know, your country, maybe the planet, but even if it impacts one person, I think it's, that's, um, that's a, a big thing that you can do. And so don't be afraid, pick up your camera, try to do something, you know, um, that can, that can make a difference every once in a while. I'm not saying that that's what you need to do. I'm not saying that's all you, you know, you should do and dedicate your life to, but I think that there, there's an importance to art in capturing and, and, uh, sometimes like, you know, really getting across, um, you know, very important issues and, and, and stuff yeah. like that. Oh yeah. There's, <clears throat> there's a lot of power. There's a lot of power in art and, uh, and that's what yeah. we're talking about here is kind of, uh, you know, changing people's minds and, and asking people to think about things in a, in a bit of a different way. So yeah, great, great, uh, great topic. Uh, great news story. Uh, it's been a fantastic episode, uh, yeah. for me personally. I mean, I hope that, uh, our dear listeners <laughs> enjoy, enjoy it. Um, enjoy listening to it. Uh, before we get out of here, um, there's a few people who we have to thank, right, Michael? That's right. Uh, I'd like to thank my cat Cusco for <laughs> vomiting on my bed, uh, mid podcast. Um, it took a lot of him. <laughs> To, uh, to really yeah. get everything out, everything mm-hmm. off his chest and mm-hmm. uh, off his mm-hmm. stomach. But um, yeah, that's one person there. I want to thank Jared oh. for, for being here, keeping me from for, going uh, for not too far, throwing, too crazy. For not throwing up on the podcast. Yeah, I mean, I'm not discounting that ever happening, but, uh, you know. <laughs> We've been doing it for a while, so, you know. All right. All right. It does raise the odds, but. <laughs> Who uh, else I, we got to thank here, else? man? Uh, um, oh, we need to thank, uh, did we thank Michael? Uh, no, I don't think oh. I thank myself. Well, let's no, thank, not yet. let's thank, uh, Michael for, uh, the contributions to the podcast. Um, very, very thought, thought provoking, um, conversation today, buddy. So I really, I really appreciate it. And, uh, and I'm truly looking forward to, uh, to doing this podcast with you next week and every week after that, uh, until we're both dead. So, uh, that is wonderful. Um, the other person <laughs> who I would like to thank is, uh, well, two, two other people. Michael's like, I didn't sign up for that, man. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my contract? <laughs> um, we need to thank Megan um, for help uh, editing 
the content uh, this week on the Galaxy Channel, including this podcast. A new one, we also need to thank Arrow. So thank you to Arrow for uh, editing assistance on uh, the content for this week. Um, other things that you guys can check out. Um, we've got a newsletter. You can subscribe to that. Uh, whether you are listening on Spotify or whatever or watching on YouTube, there is a link uh, in the description to sign up for that. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram, photo underscore bros underscore pod. Uh, I don't think that anybody uses Instagram. I mean, I know that they do. I don't think anyone uses Twitter is what I meant to say. Uh, everybody uses Instagram. So um, prove me wrong. Follow us on Twitter. Um, we have 11 followers on Twitter right now. Uh, so I will definitely notice if that goes up to, to 12 and, uh, and I'll know that I'm wrong. So if you want to do that. Um, other things, there is some great content that you guys should check out. Michael Costa Music, uh, where Michael is covering all types of popular music over there. And uh, we've been talking about a metal collab for a long time. Hopefully we make it real. Uh, you want to do that right after we do this? I'm just kidding. Let's not. Um, the other people who we uh, recommend that you check out is the Masha and the Dogs podcast, uh, which you can find right here on Spotify. Uh, Spotify exclusive. Not because they paid her, but just because that's the only place where we upload it. Um, <laughs> Masha and the Dogs, both uh, historical dogs. So I recommend that you check that out and that you subscribe to the Galaxy channel uh, where you can find this podcast and other great content anything else man i think i got it all but maybe there's something else i think you pretty much got it all, all okay there, man. and Good and work. as 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 always uh don't puke in your bed <laughs> that's our new sign off <laughs>